Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at 5 at 5. It's on Tuesday afternoon. You're my last patient of the day. As a matter of fact, I just had a very busy day. My last patient five minutes ago, dear patient, had fallen and she uh, lacerated her palm. So I just got finished sewing her up. So I've had to rush up here. I haven't had a chance to look at the questions, but it's always better if I do it kind of winging anyway I think you get better answers and I truly don't prepare for this so what you get is what I think um, but anyway it's been it's been a great day we are treating a lot of um, people with COVID over the phone of course they're not allowing people to come into the office that are sick right now but um, you know we got a great response from all our podcast on COVID and how I think you should treat it early uh, so if there's any questions, go back to some of my previous podcasts. Um, and a reminder to that, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, it has all our media shows like this one, the Dictations, the Carb Watch, the Mid-Level Show. So subscribe to our channel on YouTube and you'll get all my information. Uh, we've gotten a tremendous response uh, from these shows that we do. And I think this is one of, one of the best things we do because... It's um, people um, calling or emailing these questions in to me. So um, it's always kind of fun for me to try to answer them. So we'll get on it. Um, first question, how would you tape your mouth shut at night to prevent snoring? Um, obviously, you've seen my um, dictation on breathing and how we are more mouth breathers rather than nose breathers which we need to be and how the structure of our our mouths and our jaws have changed over time and how healthy it is for you to breathe through your nose instead of your mouth it causes a lot of uh, sleep apnea snoring and every kind of health problem that can be a result of that like heart disease hypertension chronic fatigue um but anyway, chronic sinus problems, asthma, the whole thing. Um, so um, that's just really interesting about if you think you are a mouth breather, um, how you can do a simple test to, you know, put your hands on your both cheeks and pull up. And if you can breathe through your nose a lot better there than you can without it, then you've got nasal obstruction. Over half of Americans have it. So one thing you can do, to, if you snore or you think you're a mouth breather, um, is to learn how to breathe through your nose at night. Now, I use a Breathe Right strip every night on my nose. It really helps me breathe through my nose. And I've tried to learn how to sleep on my back better, um, which is the best position I think you can sleep on. But in any event, the way to, to do the tape over your mouth is just take a little bit of silk tape and put it right here over there it's just it looks almost like a hitler mustache and just tape it at night so you can you know your mouth's not completely taped shut um and you'd be amazed at how easy it is the first i tried it the first night i did it it made me a little bit of anxious it was just weird but you can try that if you don't want to go through the whole spell of you know getting your sleep apnea overnight test at the hospital it's just a kind of a simple way to see if this may help you is just tape your mouth shut at night um, it really helped my brother quite a bit and cured his snoring and probably cured his sleep apnea um, 
So that's one thing you can do. Sleep's important. Can't underestimate sleep. So it's an easy. Just tape your mouth with a little bit of silk tape right there and see how you do with it. Um, next question. Can you elaborate a bit on the connection of the vagus nerve to autoimmune disorders? Well, the vagus nerve is the probably the longest and biggest nerve in the body. It goes, it connects all your internal organs to your brain. I remember in medical school when we dissected this this nerve out. It's pretty thick and long, and it does a lot. You know, it, it really controls what they call the parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for your automatic bodily processes like digestion and breathing and resting heart rate etc and it turns out that this vagus nerve really controls a lot you can learn to how to control your vagus nerve through just breathing but as far as autoimmune diseases go about 70 percent of your immune system is located in your gut so if your gut's not working right if you're nervous if you got overstimulation of your sympathetic nervous system then um, you're not working your vagus nerve enough and it causes all kinds of problems with your gut and then you can be predisposed to have any autoimmune disease like diabetes, Hashimoto's, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, any of, the, any of those autoimmune diseases and there are many um, come from that. So read about the vagus nerve, uh, learn if your gut's messed up. I probably talked to five people today that came to see me with autoimmune diseases from Graves to Hashimoto's to rheumatoid arthritis. And they all have one thing in common that they all have gut dysfunction, whether it be IBS or chronic constipation, GERD, bloating. It seems like almost all of them have gut problems. So the first thing I do is try to tell them you know, what I would do, which is eliminate the inflammatory foods and try that first, like sugars, glutens, dairy, eggs, nightshades, soy, corn, those are the type things. And um, then replace the uh, bad gut bacteria with good through probiotics. Um, you know, that, that one product we have called Gluten Shell is amazing. Um, I can't tell you how many people that that helps, including me. So, um, Vagus nerve autoimmune disorders, very interconnected. Um, all right, next question. What does a diet consult at Performance Medicine look like? Well, you know, I come, you come in the room, I talk to you. We probably spend half an hour uh, going over your history. Um, and then I like to, to have some lab work on you to look and see what your thyroid, your adrenals, your hormones, your insulin resistance numbers look like your inflammatory markers and then we talk about uh, your digestion how's your gut working it brings it back to that um, and then what's your diet like you know what kind of foods do you eat what have you what kind of diets have you tried in the past what kind of medicines have you tried in the past for weight loss as you know a lot of you know obesity comes from insulin resistance and I certainly check a lot of insulin levels, and I use a lot of medications to bring your insulin level down to make you more sensitive to insulin so that um, 
you'll be on an even playing field with everybody else. If you're insulin-resistant, pre-diabetic, it's hard because you crave carbs all the time. Your insulin level's high, which is a fat-storing hormone. And I look at how it interacts with your thyroid, how it interacts with your adrenals, your cortisol levels. That's, that's why when people are stressed, not only do they eat more, but when your cortisol level's high, even if you eat the same thing, you're going to retain fat. So I'll look at that. And then I, um, I do a lot of dietary suggestions. I may have you read some books. Um, you know, I may try medication on you. Um, I use them all. I've got all the tools in the toolbox for weight loss. I should have after this many years of doing it. And, you know, just kind of encourage you. I keep you accountable. And because I want this to be a long-term thing, not just you lose 30 pounds with me. I don't see you for five years. You come back, you've gained the weight back. Now, that's no good. You need to keep it off. So I give you the tools to do that and the support. I mean, a lot of weight loss can be psychological um, too. So you got to know what somebody, you know, how their, what their lifestyle is like. Are they sleeping? Are they under stress? What their routines are like, what medications are on that may cause weight gain. And there's many. So, and in general, I try to get, when I see a person on a long list of prescription medicines, I try to wean them down off those. Um, you know, they, they probably don't need that many medications, maybe no medications. So, you know, it's a it's a complex thing, but I like to sit down and get to know you, get some labs, talk about your diet, talk about your gut, talk about your hormones, and then give you the tools to do it. Most people need help with this. You can't do it by yourself. It's just too complex. Um, so I hope that helps. Um, next question. As a woman, how long does it take before you start feeling better once you've started hormone therapy? I just did my first round of pellets. I mean, it may take a month to really start feeling good. Um, in general, when I put pellets in, it takes about five days to two weeks before you get the real boost from it. So I do like pellets. I usually start out with creams and check levels to determine how much of the pellets I'll put in. So, um, you know, we just do thousands of people on their hormones. So most of the time when I see you back in a month or two, you're feeling a whole lot better. Um, if not, then there may be something else going on. And I follow levels really closely. So, um, you know, may, for pellets, you know, usually about five days to two weeks. Um, give it time. Um, be patient. Um, and I'm conservative. You know, I'll, I'll move the doses up if you're not responding. You know, I want to do this very safely. Um, next question. What's your thoughts on Zeman versus Botox? Well, you know, we've been doing the, the cosmetic things for many, many years. And, you know, Botox is kind of the old gold standard. It's a great product. I use a lot of it. Um, Zeman's newer. Um, it may be, according to what you read, a, a little pure product with less fillers in it. Um, I don't know. You know, as far as the way it works, they both work. Zeman may work a little bit quicker. But it, then again, it may wear off a little bit faster. So, and they're similarly priced, really. So, what I tell people: if you've been getting Botox for years and it doesn't seem to have the effect that it did, then let's try Zeman next. Um, there's another one out there, Disport. I don't use it a lot. You have to use two to three times more 
um, volume on Dysport than you do Zeeman or Botox. So you can get a little spread on that, which um, I just most people just don't like it as well in my experience. But they're both good. You know, Zeeman works a little quicker, may not last as long. If you're not satisfied with Botox after many years, then you may want to try it. It's a good product. Um, last question. There's a lot of studies about vitamin D and COVID-19. What makes vitamin D supplementation so powerful? Well, probably because vitamin D is actually a hormone, not a vitamin. So it's much more than a supplement. I'm always telling people out of all the vitamins you can take, vitamin D is way up here. All the rest of them are a lot lower tier. You still need more than vitamin D, but vitamin D is so important um, that it's amazing. As a matter of fact, the the next to last patient I had today besides the lady I sewed her hand up was a patient that, a new patient to me who's, vitamin d level she was taking 5,000 units of vitamin d and her level was still below four unmeasurable despite taking 5,000 units of vitamin d so i'm going to figure out why um it's probably due to the fact she's not absorbing it from her gut um so uh and she's been on 50,000 of d2 by her doctor once a week I don't tend to like D2 a whole lot. I'd rather use D3. It's a much, much more bioavailable and active form. So that's the method I prefer. I give a lot of vitamin D3 shots. Matter of fact, I took one myself today. Um, and I like to use the oral uh, vitamin D3 with K. You know, at a certain age, you need vitamin K2 in there with your D. And if you're not absorbing it by swallowing it, you know, sometimes we use sublingual or shots of vitamin D, but there, there's some problem there with uh, that patient, and I'm going to figure out uh, and get her vitamin D levels up because there's so many positive benefits to vitamin D. For COVID prevention along with C and zinc, remember that, um, for prevention of diabetes, hypertension, um, you know, a lot of people that say vitamin D does doesn't work they're basing their studies on the rdas of vitamin d which is i think about 600 micrograms or 800 you really need a lot higher dose of that to prevent some of the other stuff so if you ever see a study that shows vitamin d doesn't work they're using a really low dose of vitamin d um, i had another patient ask me how much vitamin d it would take to get toxic on it and it would take probably you know 50,000 daily every day for months to get toxic on it so it's really hard i check levels the only way to know if you're getting enough is to check a blood level of it and so we follow those pretty closely the normal levels are from 30 to 100 you know 30 is very low you need your level at least 60 to 80 in my opinion um so it should be very, fairly easy to get it up, but it's very protective against a lot of things. Your mood will get better. You'll have an easier time losing weight. Um, it just is involved in so many thousands of chemical reactions in your body that you just can't, can't underestimate vitamin D, D3. As a matter of fact, if I think if our whole country had a normal level of vitamin D, we probably wouldn't even have a health care crisis. 
I mean, that's what we ought to be emphasizing is that people not only combating the obesity epidemic in our country along with the, the drug addiction problem with our country, low vitamin D. I mean, it's very, very common. It's the rule rather than the exception. And so vitamin D is the king. So get on some vitamin D. Come get your levels checked. If for some reason you can't get your levels up, there's either a gut problem with absorption or you're not getting the right form of vitamin D. So um, can't say enough about vitamin D. So anyway, I think that's the last question. If you have a question that you want to mail in to us, certainly do it at performancemedicine.net or come to the office or call. We'd be glad to talk to you or see you. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.